Hey guys, this is Gail Kim from Impact Wrestling, and you are listening to the 8-Bit Suplex Podcast. May 7th, and it's time for another edition of the 8-Bit Suplex here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. I'm trying this new thing where I throw the date and the day of the week so you understand uh, when we're recording so that any news that sounds outdated, which it probably is by the time we're recording because that's how I roll. Uh, but just so you know, this is when we're recording it. This is when we have the information uh, available to us. Um, I am, of course, Josh McLaughlin. I'm joined tonight uh, from All Things Elite also on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, Mr. Floyd Johnson Jr. How are you doing, Floyd? Well, your Friday night delight is here, and uh, I am doing great because I'm me, and I'm awesome, so that works out. <laughs> and I just got through watching a movie and had some Mexican food, and I actually ate light, so I would not fall asleep doing this podcast. Well, I appreciate it, and so do the seven listeners of this podcast. Um, but no, I... I kid, of course. What movie did you see, Floyd? It was called Here Now. It was with Billy Crystal and Tiffany Haddish. I think that's what it's called, Here Now. Uh, Yeah, uh, I'm a big Billy Crystal fan. Uh, uh, Here Today. It's called Here Today. Uh, The movie was not what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was just going to be like a light comedy about uh, two unexpected friends, but it's actually a dementia, Alzheimer's type movie. Oh. So it gets so it starts off really light and fluffy and happy, and it gets dark. It's pretty heavy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gets pretty heavy. I was not ready for that on my Friday night. Uh, there was tears, like, everywhere. I think everybody in the room was crying by the end. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, well, it's heavy. I, the, the critics <laughs> did not like that one uh, so far. But, you know, but uh, you know, critics are critics, and, you know, they all have their opinions, I, I, and they're allowed they, to have them. And Let me tell you. If you're a critic and you watch the preview, I actually, if if I didn't love Billy Crystal in you know movies in general, I would probably be upset because the preview is nothing like what the movie is. Usually on heavy movies, you get the idea in the previews that they're heavy. This movie came off as very light and fluffy, and then it was like punch you in the chest. It, it, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was it was a good movie. Okay, and, and I don't generally like Tiffany Haddish, but okay. she was a lot less Tiffany Haddish. I thought I she was great in the second Lego movie. Okay, I don't but. think I saw that. But uh, <laughs> I, like, yeah, she I got usually, kids, so that's what, you know that's where I operate. Yeah, she's usually a ten. I like her at about a six, and most of this movie she was at a six. Okay, all right. Well, you know, there you go. Uh, here today, uh, recommended by Floyd. Um, but that we're if, not if, here. If you want to cry, I just want to cry. Yeah, if you're you gonna cry. if you want to have a somber moment because 2020 wasn't somber enough for the rest of us. Exactly. Right? So if I if I watched that movie with you, if I was to watch the movie again with someone and they didn't cry or show any emotion towards the movie, I would know at that point that they're a serial killer and I would call the cops. <laughs> That's how sad that movie was. It wasn't. Uh, hey, well. <laughs> It, uh, well, maybe 
maybe if I need a good cry to, uh, you know, get through a, a day or something, uh, I'll check that one out. Uh, I'm sure it's available uh, on demand and in theaters. Um, but we're not here to talk about Billy Crystal movies. Uh, we are here to talk about, of course, as always, Impact Wrestling, another big week in Impact Wrestling, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Um, first, you know, this is uh, a game that's been around since, you know, the 19th century. It is a game that is considered by many to be America's pastime. It's a game that uh, I grew up playing. I grew up loving. Uh, of course, my father's from Boston, so I, of course, bleed uh, Boston Red Sox. And Floyd is a, a recent convert to the uh, Red Sox nation. Uh, Woo! A, member, a member of the Fenway faithful. Uh, since the uh, the inclusion of LeBron James as a minority stakes owner in the uh, Fenway Sports Group. March 16, um, 21. <laughs> so, Floyd, I... I, I, it was funny because I was telling you, like, hey, man, don't expect a lot this season. Uh, you know, the Red Sox are kind of been down. They're kind of doesn't seem like this is going to be a back, you know, back to uh, back to the top type of year. But they're in first place right now. And um, no one's more happy or surprised than I am. Yeah, they talk about, you know, the Fenway faithful and how, you know, ever suffering Red Sox fan. I'm like, man, this has been pretty easy. <laughs> is it always like this? Because this is awesome. They just win most of the time, and it's well, amazing. I can tell you, Floyd, uh, there's one moment in my entire life that I saw my father cry, and that was when the Boston Red Sox won the World Series and broke the curse of the Bambino. So it is, it is definitely a long-suffering uh, that Red Sox fans endure um, it, 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 recent years, notwithstanding, because they've obviously, much like the other Boston professional sports, let me try that again. Much like the, the uh, other Boston professional sports teams, say that ten times fast. Uh, they've had some pretty good success lately. Uh, but this isn't a Boston Red Sox podcast. This is, of course, a video games podcast. Is in you know, addition to being an Impact Wrestling podcast. So we thought it'd be uh, ample time now that we're about you know through the first month of the baseball season to talk about baseball video games. Uh, you know, baseball video games, it's a tale as old as time, Floyd. The first one that I can remember playing was a game that was just simply titled Baseball, and that was on the Nintendo Entertainment System. It was actually designed by Shigeru Miyamoto, who, of course, came up with Mario and Donkey Kong and Zelda and all the big franchises, of course, of, of Nintendo's... Uh, you know, uh, intellectual property. Um, but yeah, Shigeru Miyamoto also designed a baseball game, which most people don't think about because it was not the best baseball game in the world. Um, not even, I don't think necessarily in like 1988 when it came out. Uh, but Floyd, what was your kind of your first, uh, your home baseball experience? That was my first game also. Uh, but the first baseball game I loved was the next baseball game I played, and it was the RBI baseball series. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, I, I, I literally, you would have to pick a team when you're doing one player, pick a team, and then there would be nine baseball teams you would have to play, and you'd have to work your way through nine with ever, uh, you know, increasing difficulty. And I literally, I remember that first game because I was actually Googled it. That first game, I went through it with every baseball team. Yeah, I wanted. I went through and won it with every baseball. Wow. 
Uh, so and, and they were all legend. They were legends. I didn't know they were legends. I thought this was like the major league lineups, but yeah, I remember pitching with <laughs> Nolan Ryan and yeah, you know, yeah. I didn't. I mean, I my brother was a huge baseball fan, and I and, and this was my introduction to baseball, learning lineups. You know, you know all that kind of stuff. You couldn't do shifts. There was so much you couldn't do almost, and I just loved the game. Uh, I, yeah. I I can honestly say. RBI, RBI two, and RBI three. Like those baseball games, I played. If you take collective hours, I played more than any other game I've played, other than that. Wow. Yeah. No. I mean, those are really good ones. And, and like you said, it was. It kind of took the, um, the 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 sim aspect of what we come to know with sporting games and it actually was kind of one of the first adapters of it because we you know now it's it's kind of unheard of to play an arcade style baseball game right you don't really do that anymore it's more realistic it's pitching it's catching um it's all these things you know it's you don't you don't even see like nfl blitz type games anymore right it's all madden it's all nba 2k it's all you know very strict sims and RBI baseball was kind of that first one that really kind of jumped in. And you're like, you're, you're playing all nine innings. You're, you know, you're, you got to get the three outs or else the inning doesn't move on. Like you, and, and, correct me if I'm wrong, Floyd, but there was a pretty steep difficulty on that one. Yeah, it, it was, it was a pretty steep difficulty. I remember to like catch a fly ball. You had to follow the shadow of the ball. It was a yeah. little quicker online to drives and it was just, to me, it was just mindless fun. Like, and for because RBI and was like one of my uh, leaders as we got into the more sim games, probably in the 2000s, where it was like you had all the different type of pitches. Because in RBI, you had a fastball, then you could press up, and the ball would like shake when you when you came to it, and you could kind of move right. the ball. You could give the ball motion over the plate or whatever, but that was it. And it was just so simple, and I, I loved it. it. It was difficult, you know. When you got to that seventh, eighth, and ninth team, you better bring it. If you threw a bad pitch, it was going over the fence, like, all the time. And it was just – it was just my – I just loved it so much. And it was just like – you had to have strategy because the game, like, was very limiting in what you – there were no shifts. Again, there was nothing like that. You very rarely right. struck out, you know. Yeah, like, the ball was in play. You had to make the play, and that's just yeah. kind of, you know, that that's kind of the this early like baseball, you know, adaption of, uh, you know, video games. I mean, if you look, if you just look at a list of baseball video games, right? There's hundreds of them. I mean, literal yes. hundreds, and and there's so many different ones, and they're on every console, every handheld, yeah, PC, um. I, I believe the first notable PC one was Bo Jackson baseball, um, which I never played because uh, you know, it was, it was released on both the PC and the NES, but if you're on the NES, you were already playing RBI baseball. Let's be honest. The other one that I played on the NES a, a whole, a whole lot. And I didn't really do this until later in life. Uh, Cause I had a group of friends that were really, really into it uh, was bad news baseball, uh, which is a, you know, it's, it's a loose uh, IP, uh, kind of rip off in the name so it, it wasn't necessarily based that way in the japanese release but when they ported it to america they wanted to have some uh 
traction with the name. So they made the name of the game uh, Bad News Baseball. Uh, right about the time, you know, like Bad News Bears and, and all that stuff is, is pretty popular, uh, pretty popular movie. And like Mr. T is randomly in the game as a bench coach. When you hit a home run, you see him sitting on the bench cheering you on. It's very strange, uh, but it's a little bit more cartoony, a little bit of more of a step back to an arcade style baseball game. Um, but baseball games, basically there's, there's games that they had to come up with ways to fill out rosters. And the Major League Baseball Players Association didn't always know what to do when it came to licensing with video games and how to do it properly. So I don't know if you remember this game at all, Floyd, or, or what your history is with it. But there was a game called Ken Griffey Jr.'s Winning Run. So uh, Ken Griffey Jr.'s Winning Run came out only on the Super Nintendo. And it was literally... Ken Griffey Jr. and then a bunch of made-up people. There was no yes. other Major League Baseball players in it. Um, and I played this game. You talk about the amount of time that you spent playing RBI Baseball. This was my RBI Baseball. Like the Super Nintendo Sweet Spot. I played Ken Griffey Jr.'s Winning Run nonstop. Ken Griffey Jr.'s Winning Run. Uh, I think that's the game I played. And was there a, a no i play the one on n64 okay so that would be slugfest it, it, no it was just called ken griffey jr baseball major league baseball featuring ken griffey jr okay that okay that's what it is yeah because he also yeah. had slugfest too so ken griffey jr would license his lame out to uh basically every baseball game that wanted it <laughs> yes and it was actually a rock star game King Griffey Jr. Baseball. That's the one I probably played the most okay. uh, during that Super Nintendo area era. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I used to hate, I, I didn't want to play the game because I hated King Griffey Jr. And so <laughs> much. No, and, and it, it yeah. is, it's the most selfish reason. As you know, I am a Cody fan and I'm big on like having a person that I love and I'm a fanboy of them. Sure. Who, in baseball, it was Barry Bonds. Ah, uh, okay. And I hated Ken Griffey because people said, you know, he was better than Barry Bonds. And I'm like, he's not better than Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds is the greatest baseball player ever. And that's how I was. Even even as a young child, <laughs> that, that's how I was. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I was all about uh, – I was all about just spending uh, hours playing that game because, to me, at that time, it was, like, the best baseball game. Like, I played it once, and I was like – Okay, this is amazing. Yeah, no, it, it really was. And, and, you know, there's other notable ones, like uh, for people of my generation, we grew up with the Backyard Sports franchise on the on the uh, personal computer. So, like, you know, Backyard Football, Backyard Baseball, et cetera. Backyard Baseball I played a lot of. Uh, shout out to Pablo, who's the best playable character in that game, and I'll hear no thing otherwise. Uh, but, you know, baseball also kind of struggles to, at certain points, make the game more interesting um, and this is true, you know, uh, going all the way back to the NES, right? They thought we can't just make a straight baseball sim and sell copies. We got to have something crazy like robots playing baseball that shoot at each other while they're running the bases, right? That shit was going on all the way back in the 80s. Like, they're, they're like we got to find some way to spice baseball up. Um, and, you know, I'm of the opinion, Floyd, that baseball doesn't need to be spiced up. It's, it's a game that stands on its own. 
Um, um, but I can no, understand. No, I do. Not, I did not share that opinion for the last eleven years of my life, so and that's like, fine. I mean, and, and people, baseball hits you at different times in your life. The the thing that's nice is that baseball doesn't change, uh, or at least not too too much. Um, yeah, but I'm, but, you I'm know, finally old enough to enjoy baseball again. <laughs> It's a good pace, right? You get to go, you know, the inning's over. You get to go get your, you know, refresh your drink, go get a bowl of popcorn, hit the, you know, bathroom real quick. It's got built-in breaks for you, Floyd. It's perfect. At as, as I stated, <laughs> as I stated, I, you know, when you're young, you just, you're, you're always looking forward to that next thing, 16, 21, 25, and your life goes by kind of, you, kind of, you just want life to go by quicker. Well, yeah. as you get older, you want it to go by slow. And you know the slowest way for your life to go by a baseball game because they feel like they're nine hours long. <laughs> they can feel that way. They certainly can. I, I tried to take my son to a game a couple of years ago. He was like three, almost four. Uh, we we lasted seven innings, but that also included, uh, you know, here in Tampa we have the uh, the Rays. Um, they're technically in St. Petersburg, uh, but they have a you know a Ray tank that you can actually go and pet you know Rays in the tank. And they also have like the Ted Williams baseball hitters hall of fame in the building. So we did a lot of walking around a lot of ice cream and we made it seven innings. Uh, it's it's there's, there's a sweet spot for baseball, certainly. Um, but yeah, so, you know, baseball, there was base wars. Um, oh, base wars, love base wars. And then there was also stuff, uh, you know, when Nintendo decided to get back into the baseball game, uh, it was right about the time that they decided, Hey, you know how we can capitalize on more Mario IP? Is have Mario play every fucking sport imaginable. He played tennis. He played soccer. He played baseball. He played basketball. He played golf. Mario played everything. And Mario Superstar Sluggers is actually a game that a lot of people tout as, you know, that's probably one of the better baseball games out there. Um, my favorite of baseball game of all time, probably though, is uh, MVP Baseball 2004 which was the last, I think it was the last one on the PS2, GameCube, Xbox era. Uh, and that was published by EA. And I, I want to bring that game up, Floyd, because it's kind of right about that time, we start to see a little bit of a shift to where sports games now get exclusive IP deals with publishers. So uh, EA decides that they don't like 2K Sports coming in with their ESPN franchise and making a football game that people are buying and eating into their pocketbooks with. So ES, you know, strikes that exclusive deal with the NFLPA. Next thing you know, uh, EA Sports is the only football game in town. Well, that kind of started to turn the tables a little bit in the mid-2000s um, around uh, Major League Baseball, and specifically the Major League Baseball uh, franchise that started back in the PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 uh, kind of era. And it was actually a proprietary studio that Sony uh, owned for the PlayStation that was uh, called Sony Interactive Studios America, who started making sports games, later transitioned to 989 Studios, and then called, called 989 Sports until about 2000 and I want to say six, they become San Diego Studios, uh, which now is the you know, publisher that exclusively works on MLB The Show. MLB The Show from... Oh, geez, what year is it? I want to say 06 on is the exclusive Major League Baseball baseball video game. That's not to say that RBI Baseball still didn't keep releasing, releasing games. But we hit this kind of weird sweet spot where Sony, for whatever reason, decides, 
we're going to be the baseball people. And so if you want to play baseball, if you want to play the show, you got to get it on PlayStation. Um, this was pretty, this is a pretty popular move by Sony. I think it drove a lot of uh, business their way. But then with this year, uh, with the show 21, it's available now on Xbox. So it's kind of like an interesting, I wonder, you know, once we, once the you know, dust settles, Floyd, um, if it makes more sense for San Diego studio to be publishing a game for the Xbox as well as the, as the PlayStation, uh, or if Sony was making more money off of that exclusivity. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I just got back into baseball, so it was like, oh, they're going to have it on Xbox. I didn't honestly know it was a full Sony exclusive. I didn't. Right. Yeah. But it is, it's kind of cool that everybody gets to play the same game. I always feel that way with Madden and all those. And if they ever could do cross platform where you could play, you know, against Xbox people. Yeah. It would be great because most of my friends are like, I have my core friends that are PlayStation, Sony people like me. I have a PS5. But other my friends, like when I bought my PS5, I also got an Xbox Series X for a friend of mine. And everybody's like, how'd you get both? And I was like, well, you know, how was the Xbox? I'm like, I don't play Xbox. I gave that away. <laughs> and they're literally like, what? And I was like, no, I don't play that. The controller's weird. Yeah. But uh, with that, I, was, I just love the idea that we can all play the same game, get the same timing now and everything. Yeah, no, it, it's super cool. And and I will say they have the technology to do as much cross-platform as they want to. It's just they don't want to. Um, there's a big lawsuit going on right now with Epic Games, who, of course, does Fortnite, um, about the cross-platform. Uh, there's lawsuits. There's a lawsuit between Apple and Epic Games going on right now. So a lot of this weird kind of internal documentation at video game companies is being revealed. Um, I'm not going to get into that today. That's not a topic for today. That's a that's a that's its own show topic, Floyd. Uh, yeah, I was gonna I, say I, that's I, kind of, that's all over my head. Yeah, like, so that's but I do uh, you know just if you look if you Google the uh, Epic Games versus Apple lawsuit, uh, there's some really fascinating things uh, like you know video game companies um, and console companies doing like internal reviews of other companies' games. One of the big things was like uh, Xbox internally reviewed The Last of Us Part Two, which of course is published by Naughty Dog um and is a is a playstation uh, exclusive and xbox absolutely loves the game right that's all their internal me- documents that are part of the discovery form of this uh a part of this uh lawsuit it's all it's very interesting to just kind of see um video games for the longest time have been some of the most secretive companies um so it's interesting to read some of those internal thoughts and memos um but yeah so i mean th- that's to say uh, you know baseball games they've been around forever they're going to keep being around um definitely check out some of the classics uh that we mentioned check out you know if you want to play something more cartoony uh you know i definitely recommend picking up those mario games those are a lot of fun too oh uh, yeah and then you know pick up pick up uh the show pick up yeah. the, the i definitely pick up the show you get you get a hard recommend for me on the show i'm 60 games in to my uh, first season on my first baseball game in over 10 years. I had never played any version of the show. And I can tell you, it takes a minute. It's frustrating that first 30 games. It's pretty frustrating. But once you get timing down, guessing pitches, timing is the bitch. Like I couldn't hit a change up in in the first 30 games. It was just too slow. 
I would get there super early and pop it up or strike out. And it's just like now, like I'm now starting to get it. Uh, it's it's so fun. And don't be afraid to play on a lower level as you're trying to get used to it, especially if you haven't played a baseball game in a very yeah. long time. I know everybody likes like, I'm a Madden player. Just turn it all the way up to all Madden and let's go. No, <laughs> I wouldn't do that on this baseball because you're pretty much going to strike out every time if you. Yeah, and I'll say too, like it doesn't really matter. Like you're playing by yourself, have no shame with yourself. You know, nobody's watching. Play on the easy mode. Who cares? Yeah, learn how to. I mean, for me, learn how to play the game. The fielding is completely different from any game that I ever know. The fact that you have to hold the button until it gets into the green to like to stop yourself from having throwing errors. I had never done anything like this. This is such. It was like going from. Uh, it's like going from like playing checkers to playing like 3D, you know, tower chess or something like that. It was like, <laughs> this is like, whoa, I don't know what to do with all this stuff. There's too many buttons for everything. I still don't have base running now. I don't know how to make <laughs> one guy go and one guy stay. I, I get thrown out like every day. You know, like uh, I get picked off. I'm like, it's yeah, you're going hey. to be, I promise you, you're going to be terrible at it at first. Just stick with it. Yeah, I know. It's a fun game series. I've played for a few years. I haven't picked up this year's yet. Uh, It's on the list to get. Uh, I have a couple other things. I just, uh, today, Resident Evil Village just released. I have that downloaded, ready to go. Uh, Once we get done with this, uh, turn off all the lights and and, uh, scare myself uh, to death. So I'm ready for it. I've seen Resident Evil movies. Never played a Resident Evil game. Well, I can recommend... uh, a few of them I won't get into. That's probably a topic for another time also. Uh, but definitely, uh, you know, I'm excited to play that one. But- yeah, talking games with you is so educational because I'm not a person. You know, it's like I work in IT and I get this a lot. There's a lot of people that use computers but don't know how they work. Sure. You know, that's me when it comes to video games. <laughs> I just I just play video games. I don't know how they work. It's like... 64 bit was the last time I talked about graphics, you know, right. other than that, it's just, okay, this is better than the last one. Let's go. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now you have, now you're looking at system specs and wondering what a T flop is. Right. So yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it used to, I mean, a, a lot of them, how many colors it could produce Floyd, not how many T flops. <laughs> yeah. But, it, and it's funny because a lot of the language, I mean, appeal yeah, they're computers. Are, they're are, it's computers, computers. So I, yeah. yeah, I completely understand it. It's just, I don't care. I mean, is it playable? Is it fun? Do I, can I get lost in it? Cause I'm, that's what me video games was escapism. You know, I don't want to overthink when it comes to video game. That's why I didn't like MLB a show at first. Cause so much thinking goes into playing the yeah, game. Eventually that stuff gets second nature though. It, and and it really glad, has. I'm only I'm 60 games in. That. I'm glad I'm you're on, enjoying it. Yeah. I'm only 60 games in and a lot of it's second nature now. We can move on to the next subject, sir. Yeah, I know. We're we are, and actually, this is going to be a new segment that we're going to try out here, Floyd. You're the first one to do it um, here on the show, and it actually it works out pretty nice. Uh, this is uh, what we're going to call Omega Watch. Uh, maybe I enter in the sound there in post. Maybe I don't because I'm lazy. Uh, but yeah, Omega Watch. Basically, uh, what it's going to be is anytime Kenny Omega does something outside of Impact, we're still going to talk about it because he is our Impact World Champion right now. Um, so Kenny Omega was on this week's episode of Dynamite. He is, appears in a match that kicks off the show in a tag match between himself and Nakazawa taking on Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. 
I did not expect a whole lot out of this match, Floyd. Um, and you didn't get a whole lot. And out of I it. didn't get a whole lot. So I'm glad I didn't expect much. And that's not because of three of those four guys. Uh, but it, it always turns a little bit goofy when Nakazawa is involved. And he's a nice, lighthearted feel to the show, uh, especially since it was the Blood and Guts episode of Dynamite. So it probably needed a little bit of a lightheartedness to it that Nakazawa is pretty good at delivering. Uh, but uh, we won't spend too much time on it. Uh, but Omega does kind of leave uh, Nakazawa out to dry. Kingston and Moxley get the uh, uh, kind of clothesline side by side finisher going. And uh, yeah, so uh, Moxley and Kingston get the win. And then uh, later in the night, Kenny Omega shows up and does a little bit of a promo outside of the cage. A little bit of a promo? This was the world's longest promo. It was, it, it drags on so much. And, and I think Kenny, Kenny a couple of times forgets what he's going to say. There's one time he just like stops and like looks at Shivani right in the face as he's so not to bury the lead uh, next week's dynamite. I think it is Floyd. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's going to be Pac versus Orange Cassidy for the number one contenders match to challenge Kenny Omega for the AEW world championship. Um, And so he's talking all kinds of shit about orange Cassidy orange Cassidy comes out and Kenny really struggles to say anything negative to, to orange Cassidy. I, I assume it's because OC is just staring him down with his shades on. Um, but yeah, this, I mean, this thing just dragged on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kenny Omega is amazing at a lot of things when it comes in between those ropes. Uh, one of the best performers in the world, whether it's OC or Pac, uh, or pack uh whenever they get to double or nothing that match is going to be a classic yeah. but yeah he he does he does not do the promo so well and no, uh that's why he, I no, think he's, but, he's really benefited from don Callis being around a lot during this and, and he, exactly and i was like i don't know if don was busy so he couldn't be there i was just like don Callis knows, yeah. should be running down orange cassidy because you know don Callis is really really good at running down people I, you know, I, I am I, I am a very highly confident, e- almost egotistical person, but I think Don Callis could make me cry. I, I truly do. <laughs> I, I, I think, think he could break me. Good. Yeah, I, I think, think he could break me down. So good. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm willing to bet on it. So he's very good at that. And it just seemed like it was at this point where you see how the Don Callis and Kenny Omega act together is amazing because yes. Don Callis is the strength he is as good as talking as kenny omega is at wrestling uh agreed 120 percent um now what's interesting is that this this little promo did spark some minor uh you know uh internet's uh internet uh neckbeard argument uh because uh the tna heavyweight championship and the impact world championship they make their appearance their appearance on tnt but Nakazawa is the one holding them. And of course, our uh, our good friend, uh, and I use that term very, very loosely, Bully Ray is all over Twitter talking about how Impact should be furious, that Nakazawa is holding the belts and not Kenny. Um, I, I didn't even think about it. I still don't have any thoughts about it. I don't think it matters. I think if you have a second guy to help carry all your belts, it just emphasizes that you're collecting belts and that you're the guy that's that's kind of how i approach my, it my whole thing with bully ray is he's a fossil but yeah. and it's funny because he's arguing against heat 
right? Correct. Kenny Correct. Omega is a universally loved wrestler. So he has to try a little harder to make people hate him, right? Right. Having Nakazawa, Nakazawa carry the Impact title and a TNA title pissed Bully Ray off. So isn't Omega effectively doing his job? Yeah, it, it was funny. It's, you bring up a good point that, that Bully Ray, of all people, should understand what heat is, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. the, man, the man gave a, a powerbomb to Mae Young. I, I mean... What are we talking about here, right? Yeah, he's treating the belt like it doesn't matter. He's treating the belt like it doesn't matter, which is going to piss Impact and TNA fans off. He's a heel. That's right. his job. He's getting the heat. <laughs> and, and as someone that enjoys Impact and, and watches Impact, uh, it didn't bother me to see Nakazawa holding it. I understood what was going on. So, you know, don't don't uh, work yourselves, boys and girls. Yeah, that's like what I say. He worked himself into a shoot there because it was just like <laughs> – of course, Kenny Omega has acted like the Impact title and TNA title hasn't mean a thing to him for months. It was just another trophy that he was going to win. <laughs> it's, yep, that's exactly. how he treated the belt. So why would he treat it any more important after he wins it? Yeah, no, it wouldn't make any sense. And it, it's a point, too, that he showed up again on Impact this week uh, and did not have the belts, uh, any of them. So he just is kind of walking around without belts uh, just because he doesn't. he's kind of seemed to play up at doesn't care kind of thing uh, but speaking of impact uh, let's get into the impact from last night uh may 6th uh we got quite a few uh announcements quite a few matches going on uh some good stuff here the the show of course kicks off with chris saban of the motor city machine guns slash beer guns slash gun money whatever you want to call them uh as he's been teaming with james storm uh chris saban takes on rhino in a number one contenders qualifying match it's actually a pretty good match out of Rhino. I don't, I don't expect much out of him anymore these days, um, but I thought it was pretty good. It, the book's pretty well. Rhino looks pretty strong at the end of it because he loses because of a kind of surprise roll-up from Chris Saban. Uh, and Chris Saban finds himself in the number one contenders match at Under Siege. I got to say, I don't remember the last time. It might have happened more recent than I thought, but nothing that sticks in my head the last time I saw somebody win with the La Hamistro Cradle. I it was. Yeah, I couldn't either. I was like, I, I was like, when he won, like that was like, what, what? It's a false finish, you know. It's supposed to look like you're gonna beat him, and then the other person kicks out. But Rhino actually got pinned by one. And the thing about Rhino is, he never did anything super big anyway. He was a power wrestler, so right. it's just like he's pretty much wrestles the same style as he did. He's just you know not winning anymore. So it, I thought this match was really done well. It was too. Very professional wrestlers having a very professional wrestling match, and ending with La Mistra Cradle was pretty awesome. I just thought, you know, little guy, big guy match, love that. I love the finish because, good lord, I didn't see it coming because I haven't seen anybody right. lose to that since like 2004. And it builds up uh, Chris Saban as kind of this uh, thinking man's uh, small guy too. I, I really like Chris Saban a lot. He's he's really, especially since uh, you know Alex Shelley's been out of. Uh, commission due to his uh, his primary job as a doctor uh, and been helping with COVID patients. So, um, you know, at some point, Alex Shelley's like, a doctor, uh, doctor or nurse. I, I'm okay. not sure which. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that's why he's been off. And that's why uh, James Storm has been teaming with uh, Saban recently. Um, and he, Shelley did say once he got the vaccine, that may change. Um, but he may also just be at this point saying, run with what you got and I'll keep doing what I'm doing and then kind of go from there. 
I, I, I do want to see the Motor City Machine Guns on at least one episode of AEW. I'm just... I know. One dynamite, one episode of Dynamite. If they just do one match with the Young Bucks, I would, that would, I be, would be down. That would be I, down. I, I, I do want, and, and this is a common thing that we bring up, I do want to, to see more crossover between the shows than, you know, just, just Kenny. Um, but, you know, maybe someday we'll see it soon. Uh, but after that match, uh, you know, we do see Brian Myers backstage very angry that uh, despite the fact that he beat Matt Cardona at Rebellion, he then loses a match on TV to Matt Cardona. Um, and Matt Cardona's in the six-man uh, number one contenders match. He's pissed off. He gets approached by Rosemary, um, who is, you know, reading tarot cards at him for some reason. And then he gets jumped by Black Taurus. And uh, we've come to find out that Brian Myers and Black Taurus will have a match at under siege uh not too much else to say about that backstage segment yeah like i really don't like i was watching it and i was like okay that happened yeah i i mean it was like oh okay and and i i appreciate the impact production team trying to do some special effects stuff uh sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't um it does not necessarily work in this segment some it it kind of comes off as uh shocky 80s uh witchcraft movies and and maybe that's what they were going for who knows um, but then uh, we see Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers with Don Callis backstage. Kenny says, uh, you know what? The Good Brothers need to start winning because um, I come from a place where wins matter, he says. Um, they all agree. And then he says, hey, you know what? I'm going to coach you up. I'm going to be Coach Kenny because I got a lot of experience coaching uh, girls basketball, um, which is kind of a funny throwaway line. Um, so he's, but he's basically promising to be ringside with, uh, Doc Gallus for his match and is, uh, going to make sure that he wins. Yeah. And I thought the line from Don Callis is like, when you lose, it lowers the value of our collective group. I just thought that was such an important line Yeah, because sometimes when the champion gets the, you know, belt, everybody under him can lose like a hundred times and they not mean anything. Don Callis is like, we want to win every match. And that was, I thought that was cool. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I really liked that as well. Um, so it was a good segment, kind of setting the tone for the night. Then uh, we get Susan taking on Taylor Wilde. Uh, Taylor Wilde, of course, uh, in her second match back after 10 years away from Impact. Uh, there seemed to be building towards her and Deanna Perrazzo, although uh, we'll get into this later, but it does, it's not going to be at Under Siege, it looks like. Um, but Deanna Perrazzo is uh, sticking to her guns about not being ringside for Susan or for Kimberly. So Kimberly accompanies Susan ringside. Uh, Tenille continues to try and get on Taylor Wilde's uh, good side, winds up saving her from uh, Kimberly uh, interfering. And then uh, she tries to get, after Taylor Wilde wins, um, she tries to get her to agree to tag team again. And Taylor Wilde says, no, thanks. Um, so I, I think uh, we'll see, you know, maybe we'll see a Tennille versus Taylor Wild match at, at Under Siege to throw in another women's match. Who knows? But uh, Tennille is really trying hard to uh, kind of almost go uh, overly babyface here, Floyd. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's trying to attach herself to someone, you know. She couldn't beat Deanna, so she's trying to attach herself to someone else to stay relevant. And I think that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, in this match, Saw someone win with a German. I don't yeah. remember the last time I seen somebody win with just a straight out German. I yeah, thought the that old, was 
the cool. German, the bridging German suplex was nice. I, you know, yeah, yeah, it was pretty. It was a, it was a beautiful move, and it's just like I like it. You know, Brock, Brock almost uh, lowered the value of the German because sure. he would throw it so much, and he he didn't even try to get the pin. So the fact that the German with the bridge actually got a pin was uh, pretty awesome. I thought the match was uh, very entertaining, and um, you know keeping to Neil relevant after losing the title is important. I still think that of all the women's divisions in that I am aware of that impact is the best booked women's division. They seem to have a real finger on the pulse for what they're doing. And, and, you know, this match was two and a half minutes long. It didn't, it, it felt like it went pretty quick, uh, even though it was only two and a half minutes, bell to bell. Uh, and then you get the, of course, you know, the extra stuff uh, after, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it works. It furthers the story along. It keeps building up Taylor Wilde for what appears to be a big uh, showdown with Deanna Perrazzo at some point over the summer. Uh, so I'm very interested in seeing where that goes next. Um, but then we see, you know, Rosemary uh, backstage calls Deanna a coward because she's not going ringside when her uh, stooges are wrestling against Taylor Wilde. And then also that, uh, you know, hey, you're a champion, but you have no opponent for under siege. So, uh, you know, she's like, I'm not a coward. Yeah, yeah. Then, of course, Jessica Havoc comes uh, over to her as well. And Deanna says, well, I'm going to go talk to Scott Demore and say that the two of you guys have a number one contenders match next week. And then I'll wrestle whoever wins that. And she's kind of just trying to get out of the conversation because she's visibly scared uh to be standing in between the two of those women and uh i am not i i mean i relate i mean i wouldn't want to stand in between rosemary and the paint uh and uh and jessica havoc <clears throat> no, no uh i thought this was pretty to the point establishes you know they're gonna have a match against number one contender she's hoping they take each other out diana i just love how she's the smart heel you know she's all one step ahead of everyone else even though she She's not a coward, but she is going to try to do as little as possible to remain champion. Yep, exactly. Uh, so after that, we get a pretty good uh, W. Morrissey video. Oh, I thought that I thought that was brilliant. One of the, it's probably one of the best uh, produced vignettes that I've seen out of Impact recently. Dude, and yeah, yeah, I just I've, like I've it makes me feel for him. Star. Yeah, I, I always thought he was a star. I really did, and you know, I I, I know the test comparisons and all that stuff, but. He always seemed to want it, you know. Yeah. He always seemed to want it, even when he was struggling with things. He wanted it, and I thought, you know, I think that's very important in wrestling to just show you want it. And it's just like he—he he looks like a completely different guy. I—I I mean, I know he's big cast, but this character is not big cast. No, at not all. at all. No. This character is not the bully of vengeance. This guy is just angry. And he feels like he was just pushed away and he's coming back with a vengeance. I like this version of him. I do too. I'm excited to see his now announced match with Willie Mack at Under Siege. Uh, next up, we have a uh, friend of the podcast, the ravishing Rohit Raju, taking on Trey Miguel in a number one contenders match. Uh, I thought this match was pretty excellent, a lot of fun. Uh, Rohit looks like a million bucks recently. He's really putting in the work in the gym. And, uh, I, you know, Trey Miguel, too. I, I mean, both of these guys are really stepping up their game. Um, after the match, you know, Jake something gets involved uh, and takes out uh, Rohit and his tag partner. Um, just a little bit of payback after last week. Rohit 
cost Jake something to spot in the number one contenders match. Uh, so Trey Miguel joins that number one contenders match at Under Siege. Uh, we're almost uh, almost 100% uh, booked for that uh, until uh, the main event of this night. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought it was really good. What would you think, Floyd? I thought this was a really good match. Um, uh, after I listened to the show and I watched him, I've become a bigger fan of Rohit. Uh, Trey Miguel is always good. Uh, fresh Prince of Midair. I don't even know if they call him that anymore. I didn't hear him doing this one, but I just love that name. I just love it so much. I just thought it was so creative. Shira is probably the reason she was looking better because if you come out and you're walking next to him and you're not in shape, it makes you look 20 times worse. That dude is just, you know, granite. Yeah, he's huge. And then I, I, I like Jake something. Uh, I believe he threw Rohit into Shira in this yes. match. Yes. Uh, I, I didn't even know if I remembered this spot. I was kind of watching it back before the, <laughs> this, but I was like, I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, uh, Trey Miguel's in there. Oh man, Trey Miguel versus Kenny Omega. See, it's very, it's very few people that you can say versus Kenny Omega, and I'm not immediately excited about the match, but I'm kind of especially excited if he does someone that has not really gotten the mainstream appeal, someone like Trey Miguel versus Kenny Omega. I think they would tear the house down. I know I completely agree with you. I, 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 I've long been a huge Trey Miguel uh, fan. Uh, since doing this podcast, uh, Sandy and I are, are huge fans of all of the Rascals, uh, and you know, obviously uh, MSK uh, now for uh, the other two uh, taking on uh, all comers in the NXT tag team division. Uh, but no, Trey Miguel. Hey, I'm by myself now. I'm making my name for myself, and uh, he's going to have a pretty prominent match here on the next pay per view card. So good for him. Uh, next segment, I'm going to skim right past this because it's Swingers Palace. Uh, what else is there to say except uh, Alicia Edwards runs out of uh, chips. They try to kick her out, and Johnny Swinger makes some very awkward jokes about how there's work for her to do around Swinger's Palace. Um, and then, you know, all the number one contender uh, competitors are sitting around, and they start, uh, you know, trying to sow discord amongst each other and yeah, yeah, whatever, right? Uh, so <laughs> I'm told, I just saw I saw this in your notes earlier. I want this tag team forever, and I want them to be their name, Bay and Trey. That should oh, just be yeah. their tag name. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, want them they, to tag up. If they, if they want, yeah, that would be that would be a good name. I <laughs> yeah. I, I was just started typing my notes about who was arguing, and then I stopped after uh, Cardona and Saban. I mean, they're they're literally all just sitting around. Uh, I don't know, playing roulette or something. I don't know. It's Swingers Palace. It's one of those throwaway segments um, that is just kind of there to break up the action and maybe set forth the next thing, right? But uh, then we get into uh, uh, the first preview match for Under Siege, kind of, uh, which is, of course, uh, Doc Gallows taking on Juice Robinson. Pretty good match. Uh, Doc Gallows, I thought, actually looked really good here. Um, I don't know what it is. I, I, maybe it's because Impact uses a little bit smaller ring. Um, but I think I feel like Doc Gallows is kind of having a career resurgence here in the ring, Floyd. Yeah, he is. I, I, when I saw him, I was like, it does look like he's just having fun and energized and just back to, I, I mean, if I had to put words just based on how it looks, back to loving wrestling and, yeah. you know, putting things together, you know, uh, and it just looks like he's just having fun and enjoying himself again. And, and, and people don't realize how much that can affect a person's performance where they seem down. If you're not doing stuff you care about, you know, you're probably going to look down and he's right. actually 
involved in storylines, being used in a way that matters. And he's wrestling somebody he's familiar with in Juice Robinson. Yeah, and Juice, Juice is Juice. I mean, he's a solid worker in the ring. I uh, can't say enough about the work that he does. Uh, after the match, of course, uh, they start to beat up uh, Juice Robinson. Uh, Finley gets in. He gets beat up. Eddie Edwards comes out. He, of course, because the other two have already been beat up, he's beaten up pretty easily. It's the old tried and true wrestling thing, right? The yes. one by the one by one, the baby faces come and get destroyed. Since uh, I like Boston now, I gotta like Eddie Edwards, right? That's oh like, yeah, of course. Those two things go together now. Okay. Yeah, it, it's it, yeah, exactly right. So you root for Boston, therefore you root for Eddie Edwards, and because Eddie Edwards wears jorts, you also root for John Cena whenever he decides to do his retirement match. And John Cena's from like Massachusetts. He's right? also from Massachusetts. So yep. he's probably a Red Connecting Sox all the dots. Too. Yeah. Connecting all the dots here, Floyd. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna get I'm gonna go get me some jorts and I'm gonna make sure they're really tight and snug. So uh, yeah. uh so uh when we go when I go to the double or nothing, just make people uncomfortable, like man, you know, got vaccinated. How about a hug, you know, and I have my really tight shorts on. There you very go. Impressive. <laughs> very, very, there you very, go. very uncomfortable. <laughs> So next, I'll just move on to the next segment. Uh, next segment is that uh, Deanna, Kimber, and Susan, uh, they're walking out of the impact zone, trying to get out of town. And, oh, Scott Demore catches them right at the exit. And he says, you know, Deanna, I hear you've been looking for me. And uh, it's strange that you didn't find me because literally every other person that works here finds me all the time and interrupts my day. Uh, but, you know, I heard what you're saying, and I think you're right. There should be a number one contenders match next week, uh, and the winner will face you at Under Siege. So Havoc and Rosemary get their match booked. Uh, that should be a fun one. Uh, and, of course, Deanna is pretty upset about it. But this next match was the match that I was waiting for, Floyd, because it is between VSK, who is someone who is the uh, champion at Brian Myers Wrestling School right now for a little bit of that inside uh, baseball, taking on the debuting from new Japan pro wrestling, the biggest asshole in wrestling, as far as kayfabe goes, because he is, he wrestles like a complete asshole. And that's Mr. El Phantasmo. I love this match. I thought it was a perfect blend of letting VSK get some good work in against a quality opponent. Um, he showed a lot of really good offense uh, and he took some great bumps after El Phantasmo did what El Phantasmo does best. Uh, of course, you know, the, the groin stomp in the corner, um, the back rakes, every every piece of asshole work that El Phantasmo has, he pulled it out. Uh, and uh, I'm interested to see what El Phantasmo does. Uh, he is a part of a uh, X Division scramble match next week to determine the number one contender for the X Division title. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see if uh, you know Impact pulls the trigger on making another New Japan Act a champion in their company. Uh, but what do you think of this match here, Floyd? I thought it was really, I thought it was really good, exciting. I loved, uh, I love El Fantasmo's gimmick of heel. And the best thing I know is the uh, best thing that comes from this is if you're not a big Impact fan, like a casual Impact viewer like me, I honestly mostly watch it when I'm going to be on the show. Uh, you understood who El Fantasma was after this match. He's a dick. He is yes. the, and you know, like you got it very clearly. It got over, and but he won definitively, and it was just like, okay, so he's a contender. 
and his thinks he's an asshole. Okay, I got that. I got that from that match. So I I just think that's important, especially when you're introducing a new character from a different TV show that some people might not watch, that you really establish who the person is very quickly. Yeah, and I thought the commentary team did a good job of running down his accolades. Oh, yeah, back-to-back, you know, uh, Jacob Winner, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, so really good presentation around him. Really enjoyed it. Uh, he, they uh, toy, of course, around with the fact that uh, they say he uses a loaded boot, and he does, of course, a, a, a variation on the, uh, the old sweet chin music to get the win. Uh, you know, excellent super kick. Instant uh, death. Instant death. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that's pretty cool. A pretty awesome name for a finisher. I'm not yes, yes. <laughs> So, but uh, moving on to Kiara Hogan taking on Rachel Ellering, another preview match of Under Siege where the uh, knockout tag team titles are back up for grabs between Fire and Flava and Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering. Uh, you know, I, it's first uh, singles match I've seen Rachel uh, do in a long time. Um, she looked pretty good out there, though. I, I would say she's not missed much of a beat. Um, and when she hit her finisher, which was uh, basically like a, a like a deep six, kind of like what Baron Corbin does, um, she really plants Kira Hogan. Um, I, I really like this match quite a bit. Yeah, I saw Kira as kind of a star. She did some really good selling for Rachel, getting over she her did. power. And, you know, when she hit that move, it was just like, okay, that's it. No one's getting up from that. And I just thought uh, very, very good singles debut for uh rachel ellering i believe uh like i saw saw her tag match but i hadn't seen her in singles i think maybe may young classic i think think that might be right yeah yeah, so you would see her locally more so but not even that much um, when she was doing the nxt house shows yeah and it's just you know i've her overall like act seems to be greatly improved from the last time i've seen her yeah it's it's less over the top smiley it's a little bit more like still upbeat but more um, more professional wrestling oriented, right? She it, and her and Jordan Grace are like the two powerhouses, right? I mean, it, it's they're booking them as they're the really strong, you know, female tag team that's just gonna run rough yeah. over people. I'm ready like, for their feud. Oh, <laughs> dude, I, I shit you not. I had that same thought. I said, Oh my god, R- Jordan Grace needs to turn heel on her. Like, yeah. that was immediate. Like, after that match, I was like, That's gotta happen. I gotta yeah. see that happen. Yeah, uh, you, you just sign me up as a weekly viewer once that feud starts. Oh, yeah, right? Jeez Louise. God, that would be so good. Um, <laughs> but then we get uh, Moose backstage getting ready for his main event. He is, of course, approached by Don Callis. Really good uh, interaction here. Don Callis is trying to get into his head. Moose is not letting it happen. Uh, he's trying to stay focused on him, but uh, Moose is pretty confident that Don Callis does not want to see Moose as the opponent for Kenny Omega, um, which of course uh, is the exact opposite of what everyone else wants to see. Because I don't know if you're like me, Floyd, but Moose versus Kenny Omega sounds like an absolute, like just instant classic waiting to happen. Yes. Cause Mew, Moose is like so much more athletic than people give him the credit for. And it's just him and Kenny Omega and his energy they're, they're going to kill it. They're going to tear it down. When it was uh, Moose and Rich Swan, I wanted Moose to beat Rich Swan because I just thought the money was in Kenny Omega and Moose. So I still think that. I, I'll tell you right now, if it's Moose and Kenny Omega at Slammiversary, Floyd will be at Slammiversary. 
Yeah, it doesn't matter if they're letting fans back at that point. Floyd is going to make his way into the. Impact. No, I thought they already said they were. I thought they. No, I think they. I think they are. I think. They I, are. I, was say, I thought <laughs> they already announced that there was going to be fans there. I'm like, am I? Am I reading? I'm no, no. Hey, I just had to make the anecdote I had to, because I. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was say, I feel I was the same not, way. I got to be there. Yeah, so me and Moose know each other, so I'm be like, hey, let me in. Just you only need one right. person at ringside. And I'll I'm, just be doing the Moose <laughs> thing by myself. I listen. I'll just uh, I'll I'll shoot a message over to a uh, friend of the show, Rohit Raju, to see what he can hook us up with. Um, but no, in all seriousness, that would be. I mean, I I don't know that it's going to be Moose for the next one, uh, but it really feels like it should be. Um, and of course, Moose is uh, on Twitter saying that his contract is up in June, so we'll kind of hey, we'll see what yeah. happens, right? Mo- um, Moose was the first ever pro wrestling T-shirt I bought. I might have said that the last time I was on here, but he was the first ever yeah. pro wrestling T-shirt that I bought. That's how like long I've been a fan of him, and it's just I mean I'm hoping. I mean his time is not coming to an end because I just I don't. If he goes anywhere else, I don't know how he will be treated well if he goes where you know where, I think to be. where he wants to be i don't think he'll be treated the way i need him to be treated right. like but like the fact that he hasn't been impact champion like really impact champion like it's like something that bothers me i stay up at night thinking about moose not being the impact <laughs> champion yeah no it's certainly and, and you know the the thing is too with moose is i i don't know it, and we'll we'll talk about his match here with James Storm in a minute, which is I thought a really really good fun match as well. Um, Moose is such a talented wrestler; he's so athletic. He's cutting better promos uh, every rep he gets, and I just I feel like you know there there's a place he can go and be another big hoss and and mix it up with the big hosses that are there uh, up in Jacksonville, and then there's a place in Connecticut that he can go to and be lost in the shuffle. Um, yeah, so. and he is a, he is an argument for every twenty-one to twenty-five year old that gets uh, that gets offered a contract to the E. He's an argument why you shouldn't go. He's yeah. so much better than you know when I first saw him wrestle. They he has had time to grow, and as far as his work, his physique, his ability to talk, I've seen that grow, and now. When he goes there, I mean, they're not going to be able to deny, you know, what he has made of himself. I would say, like, if you're, t- if you, you know, when you talk about, like, uh, the old Bret Hart scale, right, and and how they look, right, the wrestler look, Moose is a 10. Absolutely. I mean, he just is. He, he, you would, If you think up in your mind, pro wrestler, and you put together a, a picture in your mind of what a pro wrestler looks like, it looks like Moose. Right. I, I mean, so I, I think he, I think, I don't know that he's the one that's going to take it off of Kenny, but the man deserves to be a, you know, a shot to be a champion somewhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's just, he's so talented. He's so talented and uh, he's so athletic. Uh, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. him versus Kenny Omega, man. It's just, that's it, it's just, just so money. I'm so excited right now. God, that, I, I, I just hope that they do it. I just do. And no offense to the other, uh, the other five guys in the match. Uh, and we did kind of bury the lead a little bit there that that Moose does beat James Storm uh, in the main event of uh, this week's Impact. Um, and then he takes out James Storm's leg even further with a chair after the match uh, to prove a point, because that's what Moose Moose said. He, was, said, he told Don Callis that it, that's what he was going to do. He's going to go out there and prove a point. Um, 
but yeah, no, I mean, so we're, we're moving right along here. That was a great main event. Uh, definitely go check it out. Um, it was, uh, one of the longer matches, um, on impact TV in a while bell to bell, that thing goes 17 minutes, 15 seconds. Um, and it didn't feel that way to me, uh, Floyd, I felt like it was longer, but I didn't feel like it was a 17 minute match. It did um, not at all. It was a great match. Um, one of the best, I mean, and these are two veterans, right? I mean, these guys have wrestled, uh, I, you know, James storms has, has wrestled like more matches than impact than anybody. Right. Um, so it's really good. Go check it out. But with Moose's victory that sets up the six man, number one contenders match. Uh, we won't do a full under siege preview until next week. Uh, just because there's probably going to be a couple more things changed, a couple things, you know, flipped here and there, but, uh, we do have the six man number one contenders match set. It is Chris Saban versus Trey Miguel versus Moose versus Sammy Callahan versus Chris Bay versus Matt Cardona. Um, I think we're both on the moose train on this one. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I could make an argument for all the people in this match. Uh, Chris Bay seems to be somebody that they're getting behind towards the future. Trey Miguel, that would be athletic, but if they only have till June to get this done, it has to be Moose. Yeah, I, I, I don't see it. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll do an end up breakdown next week, but while I have you here, I figured, you know, as these things pertain to Kenny Omega, I'll make sure that, you know, as the all things, uh, you know, elite uh, expert here uh, that we talk about some of these things. Uh, the yeah, other match, him uh, getting a moose up in a one wing angel would be something to see. It would be. <laughs> yeah. I think he could do it. Yeah, he's a just the dude is just a huge man. Not many, very many people. I'm a pretty big dude. Not many people make me feel small. Moose makes me feel Moose small. Is huge. And, but you know what? Uh, I've also seen Moose do uh, top rope Spanish flies. So anything is possible. Uh, the other match I want to get your thoughts on, uh, Floyd, uh, involves Kenny Omega, and that's Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers taking on Eddie Edwards and Finn Juice. Uh, which is presumably going to be the main event since it is Kenny Omega involved in the match. Um, I'm not sure which way it makes more sense to do. I think at some point Eddie Edwards is going to get a singles match with Kenny Omega. I said that last week in my heart of hearts, I still feel like that's going to happen just because Eddie Edwards has been the impact faithful guy. He's, you know, he's never left. He's there year after year after year. So I feel like they're going to reward that loyalty at some point. And I feel like getting that singles match with Kenny is going to happen. Uh, not not a slam anniversary match, but perhaps the next Impact uh, special. So I don't know if you set that up by uh, having Eddie, you know, pick up a win here, or if you have him get pinned by Kenny. I don't know how how you get to that, but um, I'm interested in your Floyd, uh, your uh, thoughts here, Floyd, on on these. Uh, these guys here in the six-man tag match. So it's Bullet Club versus, I guess, the like main unit and other unit in New Japan where everybody just goes. It's called like Huntai or something like that. So we got Bullet Club versus Huntai. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I honestly think you're 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 trying to build basically a Finn Juice versus Doc. You know, the Gallows tag match rematch or whatever. Yeah, so for the third I, time. Gonna, yeah. Yeah. So you, I, I almost have to assume that um machine gun or gallows is going to pin in juke uh, uh not juice uh finley and i think that's how it's going to go but i mean if you want to make it interesting eddie edwards pins kenny omega yeah i i think that definitely sets up so the the next event um 
that Impact has after Under Siege is against all odds, which is June 12th, um, which almost, you know, of course, has a similar theme to uh, the uh, AEW pay-per-view naming convention. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they what they set up because obviously I, th- I think Kenny's going to wrestle at that too. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a singles. I hope it's a singles match again. Um, and then Slammiversary, of course, in July, uh, which feels like it'll be Moose versus Kenny. Um, I feel like they can hold that off uh, for a couple months. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, as far as that goes, I, I really hope that we get to the point where um, I, I hope Eddie gets something out of this. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because uh, he deserves it. He really does. And, they, and you need to elevate someone on the actual impact roster. I mean, that it's very important is if you're, you're eventually going to have to have somebody beat Kenny, you got to make sure somebody's ready to do that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, you know, Eddie's not young. He's not like the up and coming guy, but he definitely deserves to get a match with but, Kenny. But he, he is impact. You know what right. I mean? He's like one of the guys. I mean, I know he came from ROH, but at this point he's an impact guy. And it's oh, like, he's yeah. Through and through. He, he spent some time in Japan. He spent some time elsewhere, but he is like the impact guy. He's like, synonymous with impact the way that tommy dreamers become synonymous with impact right yeah and you know tommy dreamer passed the passed the jorts and uh kendo stick on to him so there you go <laughs> he did kind of and, and uh you know of course tommy dreamer who has uh private messaged me on twitter uh, i do want it to uh wish a continued recovery to him uh he did have uh he, he did come out and say that he had a pretty bad battle with covid um, so I hope he's continuing to recover. That's why he's not been on TV. Um, but you know, uh, absolutely speedy recovery to him. And if before... Raven couldn't take him out, Kobe can't. <laughs> no, I think he's past. He's I think he's past the worries of that. But just you know, the long term effects, especially uh, the pains that he's put his body through. I can't imagine. Uh, he he doesn't breathe well in his normal everyday state. I'm sure. Uh, so after a, a post COVID Tommy dreamer probably might, you know, have some struggles there, but we hope him the best. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I mentioned this earlier, Floyd, and, and I do want to kind of go off the air, uh, talking about, uh, which is probably going to be, in my opinion, the match of the night for next week's impact. I don't normally do, uh, we don't normally do impact preview for the week to week show. Uh, just because a lot of these things get announced through the week and it doesn't necessarily match up with the recording. But we do have a number one contender X Division scramble match between Ace Austin, TJP, AC Romero, friend of the show, Rahit Raju, and of course, El Fantasmo, I believe I mentioned earlier, is going to be in this match. Uh, but then <laughs> this one kind of th- like shocked me. It surprised me. I mean, he's been back in, in recent times. Uh, but Petey Williams is on this match. Um, so uh, that'll be uh, interesting to see kind of uh, how that goes. Uh, this feels like it's tailor-made, though, for, for ELP to come in and get a next division title shot. See, and what I think is they might do one of the other guys. So uh, Josh Alexander has, you know, another win and maybe hold ELP off until the next show. Next yeah, big show. No, I could see that. I could see that. Because it's just like, I mean, ELP is on loan from New Japan. He is, you know, bringing something to the group. I just don't think you want to just hot shot him in there really quick. I know they did it with Finn Juice, and that's kind of their thing. But personally, I would probably wait a show. 
but they I might know. do it with. I think the match is still going to be good. I mean, oh, it's good. Alexander's excellent, and El Fantasmo, as much as he's a dick in every match, it works in how he storytells. I love it. I love that. So, it, and if you're thinking about Josh Alexander being the walking weapon, the perfect person, who who would be throwing him off his game? Someone that cheats and just doesn't care about the rules right. whatsoever, and is more of an asshole than he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that because I thought that I think that's a really fun match and I think it's going to be uh, pretty cool. And I, I like all those guys in there. And and you know what? Uh, I'll put uh, five on it that uh, we'll see Petey Williams do a Canadian Destroyer. Yeah, definitely. So, but that yeah. wraps us up for our Impact Wrestling coverage. We talked baseball. We talked Impact. Um, I really had a lot of fun having you back here, Floyd. Uh, we really should do this more often. Um, but before you get out of here, Floyd, why don't you throw down uh, some plugs? Where can they find you? Where can they find the show? Okay, find the show, which is what I would prefer you fo- uh, follow at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. But my personal is at Floyd Johnson Jr. If uh, it'll be under 3% Scottish and it'll be me, my face. But uh, the thing about it is, uh, I, I post a lot about you know football and random things like how uh we should talk about taking good poos you know i think we should normalize talking about taking a good poo uh, you know as someone that struggles with ibs floyd i agree with you yeah it's just like when you take a good one you should be able to tell your friends like man i'm feeling really light right now but you know people look at you funny because you know you're not supposed to talk about it but i'm like man poo and it's great no but uh seriously to all yeah check out all things elite a new episode just dropped today may 7th so when you listen to this you can uh check it out uh i go on several rants an episode and i love cody it's just that simple yeah if there's if there's a way to sum up the show it's Floyd let's go no i can't of course uh but yeah definitely check out uh 8-bit suplex uh we're on twitter at 8-bit suplex make sure that you uh follow rate and review i don't think we say subscribe anymore because i think apple got rid of that terminology i think it's just follow now so make sure you follow rate and review uh a bit suplex as well as the social suplex podcast network and all of our individual shows on there like floyd show all things elite of course the ricky and clive wrestling show uh one nation radio keeping it strong style grave consequences uh i don't think uh great match generator i don't think i'm leaving anybody else out um definitely go to pro wrestling slash social suplex you can pick up our show's uh, t-shirt there. Uh, if you're uh, getting ready for the summer and you're thinking wrestling t-shirts are pretty warm because they're all black, the Apex Suplex shirt is available in white, as is the Social Suplex Podcast Network's new design, the Olds on Top, uh, which of course is in reference to uh, veteran wrestlers always getting booked to be on top. And uh, yeah, find me at Laughlin underscore Joshua. Uh, find Sandy at Sailor Zelda. Uh, we hope to have Sandy back uh, in the next week as we uh, preview uh, Under Siege. Uh, but yeah, until uh, next time, uh, ladies and germs, uh, have a great, safe weekend. Uh, make sure you're still uh, social distancing, getting your vaccines, wearing your masks where applicable, uh, and uh, take care of each other. We'll see you next time on the 8-Bit Suplex. Thank you for listening to 8-Bit Suplex Podcast. See you next time.